Thank you. Good morning. I feel like I'm so far up here and you're so far down there. So I'm going to kind of meet in the middle a little bit. Is that okay? And hopefully the microphone doesn't feed back. But I'm Jason Hershey. Beyond the introduction, this is me. And uh, hey, can I just pray real quick? Holy Spirit, more than the conversation between my mouth and their ears, I ask you that you'd be speaking, that the, the inner dialogue inside the inner man of each one of us this morning would be anointed by your voice. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would, that again, we would commune with you this chapel service here on this Tuesday morning. That Holy Spirit, you would step into the inner conversation of our life and that you would speak to us that which we need to hear from you. Holy Spirit, come. Anoint our, our, our minds to understand what you're speaking, our hearts to receive you. And then, God, give us the courage to say yes to you once again to what you're speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm Jason Hershey. And uh, I, I lead, um, he said, uh, Mike introduced me as leading this thing called David's Tent on the National Mall. What it practically looks like is... In Washington, D.C., from the Capitol building to the Lincoln Memorial is about a mile-long lawn, a green stretch of lawn that's known as the National Mall. In the middle of that is the tall Washington Monument that looks like this huge, big concrete stick in the air with a pyramid on the top, right? And so this is like the National Plaza of the United States. So, like, Moscow has Red Square. Um, Beijing has Tiananmen Square. So of the United States, this is our, like, national square in our capital city is, uh, by the way, Jerusalem has the Temple Mount, right? And so here in Washington, D.C., we have the National Mall. And on the mall, about halfway between the Capitol building and the Washington Monument is a 40-foot square tent. But inside the tent, we have a stage and a full sound system. It's 40-foot square in the winter. It gets bigger in the summer. But in the winter, we shrink it down so we can heat it. Um, but day and night, worship teams from around the nation, even around the world, have been coming to D.C. to sign out the stage in two-hour segments to keep a love song before the heart of the Lord day and night as a ministry to God. So that is the heart of David's tent. The reason why we call it David's tent is King David in the Bible. If you read 1 Chronicles uh, 23 specifically, it actually has the numbers. King David in the Bible, the same kid that killed Goliath, when he grew up and became king, he made the presence of God the central point of his governmental administration. So he brought the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, put it under a tent right beside the palace, and then he hires 4,000 musicians and 288 singers. Everybody say 4,000. Everybody say 288. 4,000 musicians and 288 singers were commissioned by David to day and night be singing a love song to God. And why did David do it? Because he loved God. <laughs> Simply because he loved God and he knew God was worth it, right? So in addition to the 4,288, if you read in Scripture, 1 Chronicles 23, he had 20. 4,000 people, 24,000 Levites that were administrating and tending to the work of the house of the Lord. 
That's more people than work in the Pentagon of the U.S. All the Defense Department that is centered at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., 23,000 people work in the Pentagon each day, come and go. David had more than that, administrating this Department of Worship as a ministry to the Lord in, in his capital in Jerusalem. And is it any coincidence that those 33 years of David's reign were the very golden years of Israel's history to this day? Oh, it's the reign of David. If you go to Israel today, they're, they're, the symbol of their nation is obviously the Israeli star, the star of David, but it's also the harp. It's on their coins because of this tabernacle of David. The reason why you have the book of Psalms in scripture is because of the tabernacle of David. Day and night for 33 years. Now it's interesting, okay, you guys are in Bible school right now. It's interesting that during the time of David, during the time of Moses, the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of God was, was behind a thick veil, right? In the time of Solomon, behind a thick veil. When Jesus came and he, the day he died, the high priest that was in the temple that day, he watched with horror as suddenly his job, he gets fired on that day as the high priest because now anybody can enter the presence of God because the veil is now torn in two, right? And the high priest that day, I am fired. Anybody can go into the presence of God, not just me, and the veil rips in two. During the reign of David, for 33 years of David's tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant was an open ark. Came a prophecy that the presence of God wants to dwell with men. Many years later, one from the house and line of David comes. And he walks on the earth for 33 years, once again communicating to us that the presence of God deeply desires to dwell with us, with men. And this is the story of all scripture, isn't it, you guys? This, this lover God who deeply desires to be with his people. And throughout the 6,000 years of, his, of, of humanity's history, again and again and again, God keep, is revealing himself to his people, saying, I love you, I'm good, I want to be known, I want to be walked with, I want to have people that are in love and relationship with me, and this is our God, right? And so why do we do David's tent in Washington, D.C. on behalf of this nation? We, do, we say we do it for three reasons. One is simply for the same reason you look at a beautiful sunset. The same reason why you, you don't have to convince a hungry guy to eat a steak, right? Like, Jesus is the beautiful one. Why day and night worship? There's an obligation on our eyes to look at something beautiful. And that's why we do it, right? Simply because Jesus is worthy of it. Are you kidding me? Of course he's worthy of it. This is Jesus we're talking about here. Is he worthy of day and night worship? Yes. Is he worthy of day and night prayer? Yes. Is he worth it? At the top of the mountains of our culture and society. Yes. Is he worth it at the most influential places of our culture? Absolutely. He's worthy of the highest, the best, and the all, isn't he? This is Jesus, right? So first reason we do it is because he's worthy. Second reason we do it is, yes, as an intercession for the United States. That the United States, um, I know you guys are now Generation Z, Generation Zeal, and you can't remember 9-11, the students. Some of you can, but I was actually, you know, kind of your age when 9-11 happened. I was in my early 20s, and uh, 
The reality is, is the day after 9-11, everybody did a priority check across the United States. Like, where are my priorities and do I have them in the right order, you know? And we're just there saying, hey, I think God ought to have the number one. Like, Jesus is who he is, and he should have the priority in the life of our nation and our culture and each one of our lives, right? So the second reason we do it is that intercession as a prayer for this nation of America to once again prioritize God as he ought to be. The third reason why we do it is, yes, it's an evangelistic witness. It's a tent. It's outside. And people are walking, tourists are walking up and down the mall, constantly stopping in, getting prayer. We're healing the sick. We're setting the captive free. We're leading people to Jesus every single day at David's tent. As, once again, the presence of God desires to dwell with men, right? He wants to tabernacle with us, and this is why Jesus came. So this is David's tent. Um, anybody can sign up to take worship watches at David's tent in D.C. So on your summer break, whenever you get through Washington, D.C., Go to our website, email us, hey, coming through, would love to take a set at David's Tent, lead worship there. We want you to come. If you want to volunteer at David's Tent, um, you have some time this summer or whatever, next Christmas break, you want to get a spring break or something to, um, to serving the Lord, um, David's Tent. We, we have volunteers coming constantly to, to, um, to be with us. But what I want to ask of you guys this morning is not necessarily to come to Washington, D.C., but to join me in this quest as a generation to minister to the heart of the Lord. I would love if our generation's reputation in heaven was the generation that loved Jesus best. Wouldn't that be a great reputation? I don't know. I think the great cloud of witnesses, Paul, Peter, I'm the, I, I think there's, come on, go for it. You know, like, I don't know. This is the generation that can love him best. Generation zeal for the house of the Lord. That's us, right? Okay, turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to Mark chapter 14. I want to I read to you. Oh, I love this story. I woke up this morning like, God, thank you that I can, I can read this story once again. I'm so stoked. Mark chapter 14, it's about this incredible woman that decided to give Jesus an incredible offering of an alabaster jar. Mark chapter 14, this is why we do David's tent in D.C., and this is... Uh, the tabernacle of David, I think, is a message that God is, is speaking to the whole earth right now. In the past 20 years, 24-7, worship and prayer, rooms, barns, tents, boiler rooms, sanctuaries. 20, I think there's like a couple hundred 24-7 watches in Indonesia right now. China, there's several hundred in China that we have record of of 24-7 watches, waiting and wa keeping the watch of the Lord, calling upon the great bridegroom in our generation. So, but this is the heartbeat, is worthy is the lamb. Mark 14. So this is Jesus. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he, Jesus, sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? 
she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. And here we are telling the story again this morning, Tuesday Chapel at Elam Bible Institute in New York, right? So this really happened. So this story is told in three of the four Gospels. And different ones of the writers highlight different portions of the story. Depending on how you interpret the timeline of this, some people believe this happened the Saturday before Jesus was crucified. Others believe it happened somewhere between the Tuesday and Wednesday after the triumphal entry, right before Jesus was crucified. So sometime in the last week before his crucifixion, this story happens where this woman comes with a bottle of perfume that's worth 300 denarii, which is a year's worth of wages. So I did, I did a little Googling up last night. What is the average household income for right here? This, this place. Came up. Anybody want to know? 30? Fifty-seven. So the average, the median household income. So it would be like someone from this city here, this town, this area, coming with a jar of perfume worth $57,000. She comes in and she pours it on Jesus. You can't scoop up the, the, the perfume and put it back in the bottle again. It's gone, right? So imagine if someone came in here today with $57,000 and puts it in a little offering plate and sets it like cash and sets it on fire as an offering to God. I mean, Mike's thinking, what, like, I need to fix a sidewalk out there, you know? And the next guy's like, man, I'm going to an outreach this summer, and I, I need my, my outreach fees, you know? And the next person's like, I still believe in God for tuition next year, whatever, like. And here this woman is, like, what about the poor? What about the needy, Right? And Jesus, and so you can see the offense, right, can't you? It's like $57,000, just can't, this money could have been sold and get, given to the poor. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 this, what this woman has done is a beautiful thing. She's anointed my body for burial. Okay, let's, let's talk this through a little bit more. If you have a bottle of perfume worth $57,000, all right, ladies, tell me, is that going to be pretty potent stuff? Probably one dab will do you for a week. You know, I'm like, it's pretty potent stuff. A bottle of perfume worth $57,000. This woman takes the bottle and actually dumps the whole bottle on Jesus. Now, this was before they had, they had, like, loofahs, you know, like, loofahs to, to wash with. And, like, you know, showers with the, you know, pulsating showers and things like this. This is, like, Middle Eastern, Bible times, Jesus time, right? So, you know, wash your feet, you're good to go. And so, okay, 
So it is highly probable. So this is really potent perfume. It's poured on Jesus within the last week before he's crucified. It is very probable that as the soldiers arrested our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they were smelling the fragrance of this woman's worship. It is very probable that as the soldiers were driving the nails into the hands of Christ, that they were still smelling the fragrance of this woman's worship. It is very probable that as Joseph of Arimathea took Christ's body down off the cross and laid him in, a to, in the tomb, mingled amongst the fragrance of the sweat and the blood of our Savior Jesus, that they were smelling the fragrance of this woman's worship. And when it says that she anointed his body for burial, I believe it's quite literal that she did anoint his body for burial, and they were still smelling it on his body when once again he rose from the dead. Look, these are my hands and my feet and my side. Is it probable that he could have washed it off? I think it's a stretch. I believe you guys are going to come out of here, gone home at the end of this semester with the fragrance of Christ on you. People are going to smell the 24 hours of last weekend. It's hanging on you guys. What is that? It's Jesus. It's his joy. It's his peace. It's the reality of a God that loves us. I know that I'm loved, and so I'm at rest. I'm good with me. I know that I'm loved. Is that what that is? I haven't seen a young person without insecurity in a really long time. Let me tell you about the love of God. That's what happens when you spend time with Jesus and you get covered in his presence, right? What this woman did, she put a price tag on Jesus. You know, like grocery store, you put price tags on things. She, a year's worth of wages. That's what he's worth to me. What's, what's Jesus worth to you? Mom, Dad, I think I'm going to do a second year Elam. I thought this was just like a gap year thing. I mean, shouldn't go to like. No, you don't understand. This one thing I ask, this one thing I seek is to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his tabernacle. This is about my pursuit of God, mom and dad. This isn't just about getting a degree. It's deeper than that for me. Yeah, I understand that, but, like, what about getting a job? And, like, you know, I consider all things rubbish except for this one thing, and that is knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm going back to Elam because I... I'm in a pursuit of his presence, and he is worth everything to me. Okay. You sure everything? This is Jesus, the word made flesh, Isaiah, Hosea, Yahweh, standing up now out of scripture before me in, the, in, in the human form. Yes, he's worthy of that woman's offering, and he's worthy of my all, my whole life, everything. This is God who created heaven and earth, the invisible God now in human form, revealed in Jesus Christ. He died for me. He rose from the dead. He has now given me his spirit. Yes, everything is due this man, mom and dad. 
Are you saying he's worth everything for us too? Yes, he is. I don't know where the conversation goes from there. But I'm just, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. The redeemer of Ruth. Standing now in human form in front of Mary. She knows he was there when God said, let there be light. He was there when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He was there when the sea was parted. This man in front of me, he was there when the Jericho walls fell down. This is Jesus. The very image of the invisible God, he is now before me in human form. Are you kidding me? Yes, I will give $57,000 a jar of perfume. I'll give you everything, Jesus. My life is yours. Everything is yours. And she gave it all. And that is worship. Worship. Jesus, you are everything to me. Come on, you guys. Come on, you guys. When you come to D.C., I ask you, stop by David's tent and take a watch. But between now and then, more than anything, I want to ask you to be the generation that worships Jesus with your all. More than anything, I want to ask you from this place right here at Elam, could a cry go up day and night? Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Could a house of prayer be birthed on this campus? Right here, absolutely. You guys realize that of your generation, Generation Z, right here is the cream of the crop. There's like a hundred of you, and your whole pursuit here is, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Let me know your word. Put your law upon my heart. Put your scriptures in my being. I want to be filled with your spirit. This is the pursuit. This is why you came to Elam. You didn't come here. I, I know the accreditation is great at the end. It's probably going to open doors. But that's not why you're here. You're here because your heart hungers for God. Am I right? That's why you're here. And you're here together right now. And I would love if, as the Lord looks down upon America, he sees, oh, look at those guys, those 100 at Elam. They are coming after me. They are making intercession for their generation. They're standing up in the midnight hour saying, Jesus, we love you. Oh, there is a remnant in America. Yes, I could pour out my spirit on the United States once again. I would love if that would be the case. Come on, you guys. I'm I can't believe I'm here after, after the week, the 24-hour burn. I can't believe I'm here on a day such as, like, this just happened. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to say, yes, you guys did it. There is a seed here. There is a seed that God wants to breathe on. If you're a musician, like, you can play piano or guitar, and you could, like, minister to God in song for one hour. If you need chord charts, that's great. If not, if you can play, whatever. But if you can do that, can you just, like, raise your hand? I just want to see how many of the, the okay, can you stand up, actually? I just want to see how many musicians we have in the room. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Congratulations. If each of you take an hour, you have a 24-hour watch. You can be seated down. Right? 
It's there, right? Minute, and then the rest of you guys, obviously, it's one thing to have one person dancing, but it's kind of awkward if one guy dances in the room, you know? But then if the next guy comes in, he starts dancing with you, now you have two, right? And then if a third person comes in and starts dancing with you, then people, oh, this is what we're doing now. And then everybody starts dancing, and it's pretty incredible, right? So the number two and the number three is really important in the place of agreement and breaking through into a new culture of posting his presence, right? And so, man, guys, can't you do this? I was dreaming last night in my room. I'm like, all right, what's the last day of the semester? Like... When's everybody go home? Beginning of May. So I was saying, okay, sometime near the end. So it's like the grand finale of the year. Wouldn't it be amazing to do 10 days of 24-hour prayer and worship? Just like, I don't know how that works out with curfew, all that. That's not for me to figure out. But I was like, okay, in the book of Daniel, they were in a three-year school to be taught the ways of Babylon. And Daniel and his buddies said, test us for 10 days. We don't want to eat the king's food. They abstained from the king's food and they, on, on vegetables and waters for 10 days simply to have the permission to remain God's chosen people for the next three years throughout the school, to not defile themselves with the king's food. 10 days just for the permission of three years. And then I was thinking, okay, Acts chapter 1 they waited in Jerusalem for 10 days for the power from on high. I'm like, come on, you guys. Before you go home for break this summer, oh, clothe us with the power from on high. Create us to be those young men and women that have the fragrance of Jesus hanging on us that wherever we go, immediately we know that we're loved. We know that we're covered in the love of God. And, and, other, and immediately we're able to create an encounter for other people. In the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen? So I'll leave you with that little bit of vision. I don't know how that works out, but I was dreaming last night with the Lord. I'm like, come on, God. They did one day. Can they do ten in a string before they go home? Can, can some of you be connecting over Zoom over the summer? Say, okay, me and my buddies, we're going to have a prayer meeting in July. One hour to say next year, we're going for even more of God than last year. We're going to go. <laughs> Just fanning into flame the passion for Jesus. Is he worth it? Absolutely. This isn't about just an academic program. We know that. Everybody here knows that. I could feel it as I walked, as I stepped on the campus. I'm like, there is a hunger for God in this place. The atmosphere is, is primed for the Holy Spirit to visit this campus. I could feel it. All right. Okay. It's my last point, and then we're going to just end with a, with a time of commitment here. Um, several years ago, for my birthday, I asked 10 of my friends, guy friends, not my wife, um, 10 guy friends, I said, okay, for my birthday, as a birthday present for me, just as a gift to me, all I ask for is if there is something that intrinsically in your heart, you just know, like in your guts, that Jason Hershey just doesn't get, doesn't understand, would you please just tell me what that is? Just be candid, be kind, but I need to hear from you in your guts. What do you know that just know deep down inside that Jason Hershey doesn't understand? Eight of the ten of them gave me some, like, flattering good words from, the, you know, pray, got this word for you, Jason. Only two of them actually answered the question. One was, like, a spiritual 
you know, kind of a disciple of mine that was younger than I. Another one was like a spiritual father for me, somebody older than I. And they both get me, gave me the same response without talking to each other. Would you like to know what that response was? They said, said, Jason, we don't believe that you understand how much God loves you. And I was in ministry for years at this point, you know. And when I got their responses, one was by email, one was by a phone call a couple days later, I immediately knew they were right. I'm like, I know. I get it. It's that, Efe that Ephesians 3 prayer where Paul prays for the Ephesians. He says, I pray for this reason I kneel before the Father, that he would strengthen you to comprehend the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of the love of Christ, this love that surpasses knowledge, that your heart, like, how can we comprehend? Our little brains are like the size of a, 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 a softball inside of our heads. Like, how do, can we comprehend this God of the universe with unending resources of love in his heart, and he has poured his affections on me? How can I get that? God, give me strength to comprehend how much you love me. And that just became my prayer, you guys. Ephesians 3, it's right in there if you want to steal the prayer from me. Holy Spirit, please give me the strength to comprehend how much you love me. Right? And I want to leave you with that prayer. Holy Spirit, give Elam Bible, this whole, all three ministries here, give... Give us the strength to comprehend how much you love us and how much your affections are toward us. Give us this class right now. Give us strength to comprehend. Oh, God, we can't hardly get it. But Holy Spirit, give us strength to comprehend. And as we comprehend his love for us, that's when we get the response of Mary, isn't it? With the alabaster jar. What this God of love that he has sent his only son for me? Is he worth it? Absolutely. Just as an offering. Just to love him back. We love because he first loved us, don't we? Whatever you do going forward with worship and prayer here at Elam, I know it's going to be done simply as a love response to what he has already done. It's a, we're going to love him back. We're going to love him well. We're going to love him best as we know how. And guess what? The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. His presence is the great reward. All the journaling, all the quiet times, all the, all the time set aside to worship. Okay, well, what do we get out of that? Friendship with the living God, the most attractive, loving being in the whole universe. That's what we get in return, is friendship with God. The great reward is God himself. He rewards those who diligently seek him. We believe this. And the greatest reward is himself, that he would be in our midst. And when he's in our midst, um, I'll never forget it, you guys. Way back, YWAM DC, before we ever had the tent on the mall, we had a prayer room, much like Patmos room over here. And we were doing like another 21 days where we each took an hour, day and night to keep it going before the Lord, simply as a ministry to him. 
And we had a traveling group that came in, and, and one of the gals, she's like, I want to take a watch. And so, and so she got a watch in the middle of the night, and she was in there. She's she a teenager, and she's in the room, and she always had back problems growing up because her one leg was shorter than the other. And she's in the prayer room in the middle of the night, and there was somebody had painted a picture of a lion in the room because Jesus being the lion of Judah. And she looked at the lion in the middle of the night, and she said, Jesus, if you're real and you're the healer, then you can make my leg he- grow out right now. And it did. Whew. On the spot in the very moment. For reals, you guys. We've had people at David's tent healed of cancer. Um, just last uh, couple, two, two or three weeks ago, we had a couple that came and said, we were infertile, not able to have children. We were on vacation. Some people prayed for us at David's tent. Um, that was two and a half years ago, and here's our two-year-old daughter. They brought her back to share the testimony with us. Isn't that amazing? When the presence of God is in our midst, then everything that he is will happen around us. So here's the, here's the, here's the altar call for this morning. So I don't know if we can have, I just want to sing this song worthy of it all, because it is the anthem. It is the anthem of the whole morning's message this morning, worthy of it all. But I just want to invite you, um, worthy of it all. I think the, de- the invitation this morning is once again just to say, Jesus, my priority in being here at Elam, my priority as I consider what I'm going to do next year, my priority for the rest of my life is the pursuit of your presence as number one, this one thing I ask, this one thing I seek, and secondly, to give you my all. If it's the two mites of the widow's coins she gave or it's the $57,000 offering, whatever it is, financially, or if it's simply all my skills, all my time, all my efforts. Just to have a, re- I know we have to go to lunch in like three minutes, but I just want to invite you guys to come forward with me. And will you partner with me, partner with my heart, that America, we would have a generation growing up to say, Jesus, you were the first, you were the best, you were the only, you're my everything. Can we sing this song together, Worthy of It All? You are worthy.